Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Mission Evolution Radio Show. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring balance, resilience, and evolution. There are ancient principles and practices that help align us with the way life works in order to be supported by natural law. These treasures can be found in ancient traditions and texts across the ages, if one knows where to look. They can also be found in the modern world around us. Taking time to focus on our goals daily as they are supported by the seasons can empower our path exponentially. By working with rather than against the natural law and cycles, we can access inspiration, gain resilience, and be supported along our evolutionary path. Where can one find these principles and learn to apply them? How can we overcome self-doubt and limiting beliefs in order to bring our gifts into the world? With us this hour to discuss resilience, inspiration, and how to obtain them is Brian E. Robinson, a psychotherapist and author of two novels and 37 self-help and psychology books that have been translated into 13 languages. His latest is Daily Writing Resilience, 365 Meditations and Inspirations for Writers. His novel, Limestone Gumption, is a multi-award winner, and he just completed his latest thriller, Bloody Bones. He's a contributor to Thrive Global, Psychology Today, and Southern Writers Magazine. Brian lives in the Blue Ridge Mountains with his spouse, three golden doodles, and an occasional bears at night. His website, brianrobinsonbooks.com. Brian, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you, Gwilda. It's great to be here. Any bears last night? You know, two days ago we had a mama bear and three cubs, but none last night. You gotta love country living. I love it. I love yeah. living in their territory and respect the fact <laughs> that they were here first, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're a licensed psychotherapist. How has your profession influenced your views on obtaining inspiration? Well, um, you know, it, my, my experiences have been uh, that the things that happened to me and that happened to you and that happened to everybody are not personal and in my evolution, my spiritual evolution, and my intellectual evolution, I've learned that life is not personal. And when things happen that are hard, difficult, scary, uh, worrisome, uh, I have learned to uh, step back and take a breath and uh, look at the through the wide-angle lens instead of what I call the zoom lens, which zooms in on the, the potential threat and what that does is for me and and for the people that I work with it puts us in in what we call self-leadership it, it helps us connect with our true self which is characterized by eight C words that we can talk about at some point um, and it it makes life much more fulfilling when we can live from love and compassion instead of from fear well let's go back into what do you mean life's not personal well, the Buddha talked about um, the eras of life, and um, the eras of life uh, that hit all of us uh, is is just life being life. I always say, you know, we have to ask, how are we treating life, not how is life treating us? And so I've kind of modernized uh, the eras into zingers. And so there's the first singer, uh, that's when life delivers us a curveball, and there's the second singer. The first singer is just life. It's random. It's not personal. The second singer is what we do with it, and that's where our suffering comes from. An example, yesterday I had my security gate uh, would not close, my washing machine broke, and the kitchen oven was on the blink. Now, what did I do with that? Well, uh, I, I was able to not get frustrated because the, the frustration is what feels bad. 
and to not get angry. And when I put on the wide angle lens, I realized it was 12 years ago that we had all these things put in at one time. So it's not like, uh, you know, if it, if it, if it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. I, I just don't believe that. But it's called Murphy's Law, and a lot of people adhere to Murphy's Law. But the truth is, it's just life being life. So our choice of taking it personal or not is the key there, it sounds like. So by taking it personal, we're um, taking it running with it, kind of, aren't we? Exactly. Uh, there was a man by the name of Victor Frankel, a psychotherapist, and he wrote a wonderful book called Man's Search for Meaning. And one of the, I use one of his quotes in my book, and, and what he says is, between the stimulus and the response, the stimulus is the f- first zinger, and the response is the second zinger that we throw at ourselves. Between the, the, the first and the second, there is an opening. There is a space. And most of us don't even realize it's there because we're not mindful. That's one of the things mindfulness does. It helps us realize there's a space there. And in that space is uh, where we choose. And when we know that we always have a choice, then that's where our power comes from. This is a man who lived in Dachau during the war and experienced uh, his wife being exterminated. And this is how he actually survived the camps. It's a wonderful book, and, and I love his story. But, you know, I figure if, if Viktor Frankl can survive that based on this whole idea that uh, life is what we uh, choose it to be, then we can do that in our daily lives. So security gates and uh, washers take it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there kinda, you go. Kind of puts you in perspective. <laughs> it sure it? does. Yeah. It sure does. It, it sounds like you're talking about that space is between the time that we have a stimulus and when we kind of jump into the neurological rut of responding from the past. Is that correct? That's right. And uh, the neuroscience of this is, and uh, scientists call it the negativity bias. And the negativity bias is we uh, tend to overestimate threats and we underestimate our ability to handle the threat. And I'm going to say that again, just so the listeners can absorb that. We are hardwired as human beings, all of us, to overestimate threats and to underestimate our ability to handle them. That's for survival. That's so we don't just casually go through life. So we stay perky and we stay alert and we can do our best. It can be uh, dealing with a relationship and worried that our spouse or our partner is going to leave us. It can have to do with raising kids and are we really doing the right thing or are we going to mess them up psychologically? It can have to do with our jobs. It can have to do with anything in life. The key, Mother Nature just wanted us to survive, right? And so we have to uh, stay on our toes. And that's one of the things that, that worry is all about. Worry is not who we are. Our thoughts are not who we are. They're parts of us. And they're there to make sure that we do the right thing to to keep ourselves alive. So if we want to move into a more spiritual place, one of the things that's important is to underestimate the threat and overestimate our ability to handle it. And that's what the first and second zinger is, is really all about, is that, you know, as you just said, the security gate and the washing machine and the oven Those are little things, but our mind can tend to blow them out of proportion and we can exaggerate um, the the small things that add up and overreact to them, which creates a whole biochemical response on the inside, higher cholesterol or more cortisol, more adrenaline. uh, That's what the body does when it it perceives threat. So uh, this is a good example of the mind-body cycle and how we're all uh, integrated. So it sounds like in the short term, overestimating the threat keeps us alive. But in the long term, it actually shortens our, our, life, our lifespan. It actually can, uh, especially if, if, we're, if we're someone who worries a lot uh, or who is afraid or fearful. And, of course, some of that comes from ge- our genetics, our DNA, but some of it comes from the kind of childhood we have and and what happens to us when we're little, that, that really contributes to the exaggeration or the, to the extent to which we worry and fear. Does that also affect our, our feelings of inadequacy because we were having to deal as a child with threat? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the whole idea of, of self-inadequacy is the message in our head. It's not true, but we believe it because we hear it is I can't do that or I'm not good enough or I didn't do it good enough. Those are all, you know, we all have that inner critic. I'm sure everybody who's listening is familiar with the inner critic, but that's not who we are. Uh, in psychotherapy, we call them subpersonalities or parts, but they're there. Uh, this is counterintuitive, but they're there to help us do well. Uh, now, I call them, I call uh, the, the critic and the judge, I call them kick butt parts because they really want us, don't want us to get our head blown off in life. They want us to perform well and do well. The, the problem with that is the, the survival parts uh, tell us that we never do it good enough. And that's the overestimation or the exaggeration. So uh, we're constantly telling ourselves that we're not good enough. Doesn't that, isn't that kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Well, it is. And that's one of the things the book does It is to help not just writers, the book is called Daily Writing Resilience, but it's really for anyone who's coming up against obstacles. Uh, well, we're going to have to we're going to yep. have to take a short pause and pick up on the other side. Okay. Brian and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the X Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Brian E. Robinson. His website, brianrobinsonbooks.com. Brian, what do you mean by resilience? Well, um, it's the ability to pick ourselves up, brush ourselves off, and keep going when we feel defeated. Um, Babe Ruth, arguably one of the best baseball players in history, had a quote that is one of my favorites. Excuse me. And he said, every time I strike out, it brings me closer to my next home run. And we can apply that, and we see uh, people who really are on top of their game. Uh, they don't just go out and play golf or play baseball. They have a mindset that tells them, you know, that they are good enough, that they can do it. You look at Tiger Woods and golf and Billie Jean King and tennis and Meryl Streep and acting, um, Michael Phelps and swimming. These folks don't just go out and do what they do. They have a mindset. We call it actually a growth mindset. And, and the growth mindset is a resilient way of dealing with these curveballs that life throws so that we, do, we don't get discouraged. We keep going. Of course, we all get discouraged, but we don't let the discouragement make the decision about whether we keep going or not. Scientists call this the what the hell effect. It's actually called that. And if you Google it, you will see that there's actually been research uh, done on uh, people giving up. And, and one of the things we know is that people are resilient, more resilient after a car crash and get back in a car more than they are after a series of psychological defeats. So the idea is if, if I'm saying I'm not going to eat sugar and I go for a month, and I have no sugar, and I'm losing weight, and I'm feeling good, and then I, I go to a book club like I did yesterday, and they have all these chocolate chip cookies and chocolate cake, and and I pick up one chocolate cookie and take a bite. My mind is going to, I'm going to be angry at myself. I'll probably turn on myself, and then my mind is going to say, oh, what the heck, I might as well just eat two or three. The problem with that is it, 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 keeps us from getting back in the saddle. And the, the medicine is self-compassion, uh, which is the antidote to what you were saying earlier about self-inadequacy, is to learn that uh, to treat ourselves with respect and love like we do people that we care most about. And that's a hard pill for people to swallow, but it's really uh, the most important medicine we can have, is to treat ourselves, love ourselves, and care for ourselves in the same way do, we do with our children and our spouses and, and family. That can be a pretty tall order. Now, yeah. uh, let the, you know, when you're talking about the growth mindset, you know, when, when something goes really awry, I'm really trying hard at something and it goes awry, which is frequently, mm-hmm. I tend to go, what happened there? Is that the what the heck mindset you're talking about? That like I go into curiosity. Like curiosity. Yeah, oh, I yeah. go into curiosity. Curiosity, that's one of those C words I alluded to earlier. Curiosity is open. If you just think about, if everybody who's listening, just be curious for two seconds. That's open. But if I say, what the heck, that's closed. It's closed. Mm, okay. So curiosity is one of those C words uh, that really is the core of who we are. So if we can engage curiosity rather than defeat, is that going to help there? Oh, Absolutely. Curiosity is the gateway to uh, clarity, to um, self-compassion. Um, but w- when we're curious, we can actually come to a, a solution. If if my judgment is is let's let me give an example. Let's say that someone interrupts me, and I'm in the middle of something really important. Maybe I'm on a writing project, and I snap at them. In my head. I might have my judge that says, that was really ugly. You're a jerk for talking to that person that way. Well, when that happens, that shuts me down. It doesn't lead me to any understanding of what happened or who I am or why would I have done that. But if I can be curious and say, why? What just happened? As you just said, what, why, why would I do that? It is open enough so that I can come to some understanding and, and insight on 
what made me do that so that I can repair that the next time something similar happens. So curiosity is almost like the opposite of judgment. It is. It's a very opposite. The, the way I think about it, and this is the way uh, I actually work with folks, is each one of us has a boardroom on the inside. Think about that. Now, my boardroom is oval. It's kind of round. Some people's, it's oblong. I sit at the head of the table. I'm the CEO. And around the table, there are stockholders or sub-personalities or parts. And examples of parts would be my judge, my critic, my worry, my anger, my um, uh, avoidance. These are aspects of who I am. So who is the CEO? Well, the CEO is actually curiosity, compassion, calm, creative, connected, connected meaning to myself and to other people. Uh, did I say clarity? Um, there's eight C words. I don't know how many that is because I wasn't counting. <laughs> I wasn't either. <laughs> so when, when you have when you have the CEO sitting there, does that put you in a position uh, to have all your other little subparts heard? Yes, it does. It also puts you in a position of being integrated. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was uh, about a year ago. I was coming back from Atlanta, and I, I was in Asheville, where, where I live. I was getting off on a ramp, and I happened to just casually look over to the left, and there'd been a woman in a little red car in front of me, and she gave me this ugly look and um, the the bad finger, and <laughs> yeah. I looked. I, I was shocked. I don't, I don't know what that was about. I will never know. But what I paid attention to was what was happening inside. So one of my stockholders or my parts, my anger, got up and was coming. To, we call this blending, to blend with me and take over the organization, my boardroom. And I stopped him and I said, no, I know you're angry. It's OK to be angry, but I don't need you here. I'm going to take care of this. This is who I want to be in the world. I don't want to be angry and respond to that. That's that space that I was mentioning earlier that we all have, that the more we pay attention to it, the wider it gets and the more we can be in charge of ourselves and regulate ourselves. But that comes from the CEO, the one who's sitting at the head of the table. Now, I'm not always able to do that. I don't want to make it sound like I'm some evolved um, guru because I'm not. I'm a human being. But the more we practice this, this form of mindfulness, the more effective we are, the better we feel, the happier we are, because it, it's beyond the survival. The anger is my survival part. It wants me to protect myself from the threat of, of what she did. But it's my, it's my ability to stay in myself that, that allows me to transcend my survival parts and be the kind of person I want to be in life. So if you if you take advantage of that space increasingly, are mm -hmm. you literally uh, doing some neurological rewiring? Absolutely. We call it uh, neuroplasticity. Every time we do something different in the heat of the moment than we typically do, whatever fires together, wires together. That's what scientists say. So we're starting to create new neural pathways in the brain. As we do that, we also have something called the resilient zone. Uh, within us. Now, the resilient zone is not like your brain or your heart. You can't see it. It's a construct. And what that means is it's actually there. And, and the science shows the more I can be calm when situations are threatening, the more that I am going to be calm in the future. So my zone is going to widen and I'm less reactive to situations that are threatening or frustrating to me. So there's a clear neurological process that is going on that we're not even aware of, but you certainly can feel it. You can tell the difference in how you feel inside your skin. Is this zone the same thing as being able to be present in the present moment? Yes. Uh, it's, it's about, uh, you know, our anger and our worry is in our head. If, if I'm worried about something, I'm thinking about next week or am I going to have the money to pay for pay the bills? Am I going to uh, have friends or are they going to be upset with me because of something I did? It's not in the present. But when you're in the resilient zone, 
you're actually in the present moment, and that's where life is really occurring. And that's where choice is? And that's where your choice is. Mm, mm, yeah. Very interesting. So how can you... <laughs> What, what's the first step? We have just a little bit of time left in this segment. What's the first step to starting to access and utilize the, that zone? Well, I think the first step is to like ourselves and to, to start to pay attention to how do we treat ourselves when we make a mistake or when we forget or when we have an obstacle that we can't seem to get over, through, or around. What, what goes on inside and to listen, just kind of listen and watch your thoughts and watch your feelings from a bird's eye view, just like you're sitting on the riverbank watching the water you're swimming in. And as you start to realize that, you can access more self-compassion. Give yourself a break when you make a mistake. Treat yourself the way you treat the people you love. A, a lot of people who have never done this will be shocked to see how vicious they can be to, to, to themselves. But again, that's Mother Nature's wiring so that we don't get our head blown off. Mm, mm, useful wiring that. It's time for another short pause. Brian and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. 
That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and transformation to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. With us this hour is Brian E. Robinson, his website, brianrobinsonbooks.com. Brian, in the absence of inspiration and creativity, there's not, nothing can be new. What role do you see inspiration and creativity playing in the evolution of consciousness? Well, creativity is one of those C words, and um, I think it helps us get in touch with, if, if we can get there, uh, some people call it the muse, some people call it being in the zone, and it can be it can be whatever you're doing. It can be, as a writer, it's a place that I often go that uh, that I can access that's so different from just being in the everyday world. Um, and creativity, again, is one of those C words that gets blocked by our survival needs to get through life. And the key is to really find ways to unleash it. And there are a lot of good, really good books on, on how you deal with the judge and the critic, which eclipse creativity and some of those other C words. Inspiration is, they don't have to all be C words, but those are just words we use to kind of define or measure what we mean by the CEO at the head of the table. But inspiration is also part of that. So everybody has it. Grass grows through concrete. Uh, and that's that resilient zone again. But a lot of people don't realize it's there. As you, you begin know. the, go ahead. No, that's okay. As you begin the process and the untangling or the unblending of these survival parts from our inspired selves, our creative selves, then you start to experience those aspects of yourself daily. You know, I've experienced in a lot of my clients where they'll be doing fine until they think it's something that's going to, their name's going to be on it. They're going to be the author or they're going to be the composer. And then all of a sudden they just tear it apart and, mm -hmm. and, and it, it never gets anywhere. Mm -hmm. What's going on there? Well, that's the example of how uh, we unwittingly sabotage our success uh, because on some level there's some aspect or some part there that uh, that freaks out and thinks that maybe we're not good enough or smart enough or that somehow we can't do it. Um, I wanted to mention this whole idea of resistance uh, because, again, we're wired to resist. And in therapy, we have a, a phrase, whatever we resist persists. And um, so the, the antidote to resistance is acceptance. Now, this is a hard pill to swallow, too, uh, and it takes practice. But acceptance is about accepting uh, whatever is going on, uh, especially the things that are uh, hurtful or heartbreaking scary but there's something about when we when we can accept it actually uh helps helps the system relax it helps the ceo show up let me give you an example um if i'm in a if i'm in a um riptide uh the, my my brain is going to tell me to swim as hard as i can but we know that that is going to kill me it's going to drown me. So it's, again, counterintuitive, but what I do is I swim parallel to the shore and kind of relax into it. If I'm uh, whitewater rafting and get caught in a uh, tornado um, hole, we, that's, that's what some people call them, um, it will hold me in if I fight it. If I relax into the hole that's holding me in, it will spit me out. So there are a lot of these counterintuitive things that, that uh, mentally, if we can accept them, there's less pain. Uh, the most common example would be childbirth. And there's a type of childbirth called Lamaze childbirth, where women and men go to classes and learn to relax and breathe and to work with the labor pains. 
because they relax and don't resist, there's less pain and there are fewer obstetrical problems during childbirth. That's just a, a real physics example. So on a psychological level, when we can open our hands to whatever is happening that we really don't want to be happening and accept it, the, the, the paradox is it, it brings us calm and clarity, which are some of those C words that allows the self or the CEO to come in and take charge. Well, it seems like there's uh, another side of this, um, acceptance versus resignation versus uh, resistance. So that could be a downside too, do you think? You mean the resignation? Just being resigned to it rather than yielded. Exactly. That's that what the hell effect. It's thrown in the towel. And uh, yeah, and um, just giving up. And a lot of people do that before they... Uh, get to where they want to be before they reach their goals. Most of us are familiar with a second wind. If you, if you're a runner or if you know people who do run, there's a point at which you feel like you're going to give up. And then all of a sudden, before you give up, if you, if you stay with it, there's another surge of energy and it's your second wind. I have a personal trainer and I work with her three days a week and she calls it the tremor of truth and the tremor of truth in uh, uh, physical exercise is when, um, for example, if I'm lifting weights, there's a point at which my brain says you cannot do any more. That isn't true. Uh, but most of us believe it. And that's when we stop. But if I, if I keep going, my tremor of truth is when my legs are shaking my brain is saying you can't do any more, but I'm, I push one more and my arms are trembling and I push again. And then all of a sudden I've got three or four more pushes in me. Now, this is on the physical plane, but this also works on the psychological plane. And I tell uh, people who are writers or people who are dealing with obstacles, when that voice comes in that says you can't do this, you might as well resign to it. That's when you you that's not you first of all that's the survival brain but uh when you practice this enough the ceo comes in another one of those c words by the way is courage and takes over and you go across the finish line and this can be in any endeavor that you're involved in any goal that you've set so this is where this is the point at which we do evolve is when we go beyond our limitations absolutely and that's what the growth mindset is, is focus on the upside of a downside situation. Or if there's an oppor- if there's a, a challenge, uh, look for an opportunity in the challenge. What can you learn from it? Uh, how can you go around it, through it, over it? Uh, and the other thing is, is what I call put on the wide angle lens so that we have a, a change our perspective. I call it the perspective less taken. And when when we are threatened or we feel burdened or we feel uh, that we're not going to be able to overcome something, the brain will automatically go into what I call the zoom lens. And the zoom lens clouds out everything and, and our eyes dilate, our heart starts racing, a stress response uh, comes in and we, we, fi- we either fight or flight. But the key is to broaden your scope, put on the wide angle lens, and that will show you that there are possibilities you didn't see because they were clouded out. So it sounds like when you put on the zoom lens, you're getting a little delusional, really, because you're eliminating a lot of factors around you. Is that is that what we're looking at? Well, we are uh, because we have to, to survive. You know, if an animal is coming at me, I'm not looking at the pretty flowers anymore. I'm running like crazy. Uh, and my body is is, is providing the energy for me to do that so I can survive. If I'm, if I'm going 90 miles an hour down an interstate and I'm looking at the, at the beautiful flowers that are growing, like right now in the mountain, the rhododendrons are in full bloom. It's so beautiful here. But there's a car coming at me. I'm, you better believe I'm not going to be looking at the rhododendron. My, my brain is going to tell me to focus on the car so I can avoid it. But it seems like we get stuck there. Well, we do. And uh, that's the survival life, you know, living from day to day uh, at a level of 
worry and fretting. And most of the things that we worry about never happen. And that's a fact. Whenever we take a breath and step back and think about, okay, what were the things I was worried about for the last, let's say, few months and write them down, most of them either never happen at all or they happen in ways that we had no idea that they would unfold. But what about uh, the creating what you're worrying about? Creating what we worry about? What What do you mean that we? Well, you say what you worry? what you what you resist persists. Uh-huh. Can we also be so focused on what we're worried about that we actually create it? Oh yeah, in fact, we uh, create scenarios, or or the brain makes up stories all the time uh, about what we're seeing that's not actually true. Uh, an example, I was in Asia for many, many months once, and I came back and I was teaching full-time at the University of North Carolina, and I walked into the dean's office, and we were going to be working on a project together, and I noticed she had a book laying on her sofa, and the title was work, it was um, Teaching, T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G was what I saw, Teaching, and my first thought was, wow, you must uh, have an interest in Asia, too. And I just got back, and when I mentioned that, she raised her eyebrow at me and moved the pages that were covering the whole title. It was teaching in the elementary school. Oh, but- we're going to have to take a quick break and pick up on teaching on the other side. Brian and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Zone Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, 
www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Wilda Wieka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. We're speaking with Brian E. Robinson. His website, brianrobinsonbooks.com. Brian, you were talking about teaching elementary school, I believe. Well, the title of the book was Teaching in the Elementary School, but my brain said that it was, all I saw was T-E-A, T-Ching, C-H-I-N-G, and I thought it was a book about Asia. It's an example of how we bring a mindset to each experience based on what's already happened to us. If we've had positive situations, uh, we often bring a positive outlook. If we've had a negative situation, we're more likely to bring uh, negativity. Because the brain generally is Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positivity. And again, it's the, um, we, we have to work on the positive, there's something called positive psychology. And what we really have been talking about, and this is the theme in my book, is how we can widen that lens so that we can see the upside of a downside situation instead of allowing the negativity bias to cause us to give up or to see life in a more negative uh, way. So where does inspiration come from exactly? Well, um, it, it depends on who you ask. Um, I, I think it comes from the absence of the uh, parts of us that I was talking about before that eclipse uh, our inspiration. Um, some people would say maybe from God, uh, maybe from uh, the soul. I, I think for me, inspiration is when I'm open to receiving it and not closed down with self-judgment or self-flagellation, uh, um, but a, a sunset, um, nature, any, any kind of beauty in nature. But so many of us zip by that, we don't even see it uh, because we're in our head worried about, you know, the next thing on, on the list. But Not present. We're not present. That's what I was going to say. When we fully allow ourselves to be present, then we open ourselves to being able to experience inspiration. So you're telling me that inspiration is in the present and it's always available. It's available to us if we make ourselves available to it. And that goes back to ask not how is life treating me? How am I treating life? Am I open to seeing life as it is? Or am I open to seeing life as I am? And That's beautifully uh, put. Yeah, that's the key. There's one other thing about creativity and inspiration that we haven't really talked about, and that's uh, taking chances, B- taking risks, but not um, dangerous risks, not, not safety risks. I'm talking about, let's say, if someone invites me to a party, this has actually happened, and my first thought is, I don't know a single person there. I'm not going to go to that party and just stand around like a, not on a log, no, not talking to anybody, and all these people know each other. I just made up a story in my head. The story in my head that I just made up, I'm believing it, but it, how can it be true? I haven't even been to the party yet. So for a lot of us, we will allow that story to make the decision to not go. But if I take a risk, and this is the kind of risk I'm talking about. And I say, I'm going to go and just see. And I go, and it's always going to be different from what we thought it was going to be. So sticking our neck out and taking risks is really important to grow. It's part of that growth mindset. And to, to experience inspiration and to experience life on life's terms instead of on our terms. I've actually done that and have met two people who continue to be friends of mine this day. And I thought if I'd never gone to that party, I, I would know these people. Mm. You know, there's a lot of great ideas out there, right? So how do we move from inspiration to creation? To creation, meaning being inspired and then creating our 
whatever actually yeah actually because you know we can have these uh, passing fancies that are Uh great ideas but there seems to be some place between that and putting it out getting it out into the world yeah i hear a lot of times i hear people say someday i'm going to write a book Mm -hmm. some some days not a day of the week Uh, and it most people who say that really have no intention of ever doing it It's, it's a fantasy but Part, here's where you have to put the rubber to the road. And if you really have an inspiration, it's got to have a, a way to get cathected. It's got to have, have a way to manifest itself. And that's where the, sometimes the hard part comes. And it requires taking time out of what many people would say their daily grind in, in order to uh, allow the manifestation not only the manifestation, but to allow the experience of inspiration uh, to even happen. Um, so it, it's it's about creating time and making a priority uh, out of whatever the, the creative aspect is. And many people say nowadays they just don't have time. We call it time famine. Well. Uh, I don't believe that. I've, I've even said it. I know I, I've, I've said it, but we always have time. It's about making the time. The time's already there. It's just about uh, what are our priorities and, and what is it that we want to create. And well, if you... it's if it's strong enough, it's going to happen. Writers, the, the successful writers I know, I know many well-known writers, will say, I can't not write. And if you can't not write, you're going to find time for it. it the, the inspiration is going to get manifested. Well, this, this brings me to your latest book, The Daily Writing Resilience, 365 Meditations. Um, it's like a discipline, isn't it, that you have to literally take the time. And didn't you write that according to seasons so that you're cooperating with the way life works? Yes, I um I wrote that book out of some of my own distress, actually. Uh, I had no intention of, of writing that book, but I hit a wall and uh, got really frustrated with myself, and I did some of the things that we've been talking about. I came down hard, and I ridiculed myself because I could, couldn't get through. And finally, it occurred to me, I'm doing the very opposite of what I need to be doing. And so I brought in my self-compassion. I stepped back and tried to find something that had been written and Basically, there are tons of books on craft, writing craft, but there was really nothing on how do you get through this, and that's how the book um, got started. Um, and well, it, I seems, started... it seems to apply very well to to um, evolution as well, because isn't our creativity the key to our evolution? Yes, it is. It's the key to uh, overcoming our basic survival lives and, and moving into a, a higher way of being in the world. It certainly is. Mm. How important are our surroundings in accessing our creativity, you know, our physical surroundings? Well, it depends, again, on the person. Uh, it's it's interesting to see cr- cr- people who are creators. A lot of people, well, I'm one of those people, I like quiet. And uh, it's nice to even have a view of the mountains up from when I'm writing. There are other people who say, I know a famous writer who says he has a house on the beach with a beautiful view, but he closes the blinds when he's writing because it distracts him. Um, I have another writing friend who listens to Lady Gaga and uh, Garth Brooks whenever they're writing. Uh, so some people like clutter because they don't want it to their, their environment to be too prim and proper. But I need uh, I need a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, organization around me. So it really depends on the person. But what we have to just do is know what our what we need in our environment. I like to have like uh, nature. I like plants. I like uh, seeing the outdoors. That kind of inspires me and kind of keeps me uplifted. I like light. Some people like darkness when they write or, or as dark as they can get it. It sounds um, like a very personal choice then. It definitely is. How important is it to balance productivity with stillness in the creative process? Well, stillness helps us actually, um, you know, keep the mojo going. It uh, it helps us keep the juices there. Um, the I always think about it neurologically in terms of the sympathetic nervous system, which is the gas, and the parasympathetic is the brakes. That's uh, the stillness, and it's kind of like turning off the alarm system. It's going into a 
a place where you don't have to just be sitting to be still. You can be moving furniture or cutting grass or pulling weeds. But that's when creative ideas come through. It's amazing how many people say that. Uh, when I'm in the shower is when I'm not even thinking. And that's when the, the creative ideas come, when I'm not thinking about them or trying to make them happen. Sometimes it seems like there's just a time to get up and go do something different rather than try to milk something that isn't coming, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So um, if you were to tell our people, we have just a little bit left here, one thing that they can do to start finding that zone in between stimulus and response, what would it be? Well, uh, once you start treating yourselves nice is to realize that when there's something looming, ask yourself, am I overestimating the threat? Am I blowing this out of proportion? Or uh, am I underestimating my ability to handle it? And then flip it. Say to yourself, okay, I'm going to underestimate the threat. I'm going to stick my neck out. You I'm going to go to that party. I'm going to talk to the boss. I'm going to whatever it's hard it is. To, it's hard to believe, Brian, but we're out of time. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're so welcome. Thank you, Wilda. Mm-hmm. Our guest this hour has been a psychologist and author of two novels. His latest is Daily Writing Resilience, 365 Meditations and Inspirations for Writers. His website, brianrobinsonbooks.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. 
That's 1-877-369-7464.